With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But what amazed him, and would have surprised anyone who stood in that ruinous room, was that there were clean, new sheets on the bed. Had you seen the state of the furniture and the floor, O oh my reader, and the vastness of the old cobwebs, and the black dust that they held, the dead spiders and the huge dead flies, and the living generation of spiders descending and ascending through the gloom, I say that you would have been surprised at the sight of those nice clean sheets. Rodriguez noted the fact and continued his preparations. He took the bolster from underneath the pillow and laid it down the middle of the bed and put the sheets back over it. Then he stood back and looked at it, much as a sculptor might stand back from his marble. Then he returned to it and bent it a little in the middle, and after that he placed his mandolin on the pillow and nearly covered it with the sheet, but not quite, for a little of the curved dark brown wood remained still to be seen. It looked wonderfully now, like a sleeper in the bed. But Rodriguez was not satisfied with his work until he had placed his handkerchief in one of his shoes where a shoulder ought to be. Then he stood back once more and eyed it with satisfaction. Next, he considered the light. He looked at the light of the moon and remembered his father's advice, as the young often do, but considered that this was not the occasion for it, and decided to leave the light of his candle instead so that anyone who might be familiar with the moonlight in that shadowy chamber should find instead a less sinister light. He therefore dragged a table to the bedside, placed the candle upon it, and opened a treasured book that he bore in his doublet, and laid it on the bed nearby, between the candle and his mandolin-headed sleeper. The name of the book was Notes in a Cathedral, and dealt with the confessions of a young girl, which the author claimed to have jotted down, while concealed behind a pillow near the confessional every Sunday for the entire period of Lent. Lastly, he pulled a sheet a little loose from the bed, until a corner of it lay on the floor. Then he lay down on the boards, still keeping his sword in his hand, and by means of the sheet and some silk that hung from the bed, he concealed himself sufficient for his purpose, which was to see before he should be seen by any intruder that might enter the chamber. And if Rodriguez appeared to have been unduly suspicious, it should be borne in mind not only that those empty rings needed much explanation, but that every house suggests to the stranger something, and that whereas one house seems to promise a welcome in front of cosy fires, another good fare, another joyous wine, this inn seemed to promise murder, or so the young man's intuition said, and the young are wise to trust to their intuitions. 
the reader will know, if he be one of us, who have been to the wars and slept in curious ways, that it is hard to sleep when sober upon a floor. It is not like the earth, or snow, or a feather bed. Even rock can be more accommodating. It is hard, unyielding, and level, all night, unmistakable floor. Yet Rodriguez took no risk of falling asleep, so he said over to himself in his mind as much as he remembered of his treasured book, Notes in the Cathedral, which he always read to himself before going to rest, and now so sadly missed. It told how a lady, who had listened to a lover longer than her soul's safety could warrant, as he played languorous music in the moonlight and sang soft by her low balcony, and she, being truly penitent, had gathered many roses, the emblems of love, as surely, she said at confession, all the world knows, and when her lover came again by moonlight had cast them all from her from the balcony, showing that she had renounced love, and her lover had entirely misunderstood her. It told how she often tried to show him this again, and all the misunderstandings are sweetly set forth and with true Christian penitence. Sometimes some little matter escaped Rodriguez's memory, and then he longed to rise up and look at his dear book, yet he lay still where he was, and all the while he listened to the rats, and the rats went on gnawing and running regularly, scared by nothing new. Rodriguez trusted all the while he listened to the rats. Rodriguez trusted as much to their myriad ears as to his own too. The great spiders descended out of such heights as you could not see whence they came, and ascended again into blackness. It was a chamber of prodigious height. Sometimes the shadow of a descending spider that had come close to the candle assumed a frightening size, but Rodriguez gave little thought to it. It was of murder, he was thinking, not of shadows. Still, in its way it was ominous, and reminded Rodriguez horribly of his host. But what of an omen, again, in a chamber full of omens? The place itself was ominous. Spiders could scarce make it more so. The spider itself was big enough, he thought, to be impaled on his Castilian blade. Indeed, he would have done it, but that he thought it wiser to stay where he was and watch. And then the spider found the candle too hot, and climbed in a hurry all the way to the ceiling, in his horrible shadow, grew less and dwindled away. It was not that the rats were frightened. Whatever it was that happened, happened too quietly for that. But the volume of the sound of their running had suddenly increased. It was not like fear among them, for the running was no swifter, and it did not fade away. It was as though the sound of rats running, which had not been heard before, was suddenly heard now. Rodriguez looked at the door. The door was shut. A young Englishman would long ago have been afraid he was making a fuss over nothing and would have gone to sleep in the bed and not seen what Rodriguez saw. He might have thought that hearing more rats all at once was merely a fancy, that everything was all right. Rodriguez saw a rope coming slowly down from the ceiling. He quickly determined whether it was a rope or only the shadow of some huge spider's thread, and then he watched it and saw it come down right over his bed and stop within a few feet of it. Rodriguez looked up cautiously to see who had sent him that strange addition to the portents that troubled the chamber, but the ceiling was too high and dim for him to perceive anything but the rope coming down out of the darkness. Yet he surmised that the ceiling must have softly opened, without any sound at all, at the moment that he heard the greater number of rats. He waited then to see what the rope would do. 
and at first it hung as still as the great festoons dead spiders made in the corners. Then as he watched it, it began to sway. He looked up into the dimness, then to see who was swaying the rope, and for a long time, as it seemed to him, lying gripping his Castilian sword on the floor, he saw nothing clearly. And then he saw mine host coming down the rope, hand over hand, quite nimbly, as though he lived by this business. In his right hand he held a poniard of exceptional length, yet he managed to clutch the rope and hold the poniard all the time with the same hand. If there had been something hideous about the shadow of the spider that came down from that height, the shadow of mine host was indeed demoniac. He, too, was like a spider, with his body at no time slender, all bunched up on the rope, and his shadow was six times his size. You could turn from the spider's shadow to the spider and see that it was for the most part a fancy of the candle, half crazed by the draughts, but to turn from mine host's shadow to himself and to see his wicked eyes was to say that the candle's wildest fears were true. So he climbed down his rope, holding his poniard upward. But when he came within perhaps ten feet of the bed, he pointed it downward and began to sway about. It will be readily seen that by swaying his rope at a height mine host could drop on any part of the bed. Rodriguez, as he watched him, saw him scrutinize closely and continue to sway on his rope. He feared that mine host was ill-satisfied with the look of the mandolin, and that he would climb away again, well warned of his guest's astuteness, into the heights of the ceiling to devise some fearfuller scheme. But he was only looking for the shoulder. And then mine host dropped, poignard first, he went down with all the weight behind it and drove it through the bolster below where the shoulder should be, just where we slant our arms across our bodies, when we lie asleep on our sides, leaving the ribs exposed, and the soft bed received him. And the moment that mine host let go of his rope, Rodriguez leaped to his feet. He saw Rodriguez. Indeed their eyes met as he dropped to the air. But what could mine host do? He was already committed to his stroke, and his poignard was already deep in the mattress when the good Castilian blade passed through his ribs. End of section 1